0: Today's Not Sam Wrestling is being brought to you by Comedy Central's Roast Battle. What's Roast Battle? Imagine the perfect combination of stand-up comedy, rap battles, and professional wrestling all in one place. Join Brian Moses and DJ Coach T for Roast Battle the podcast as they bring you weekly live battles from the world-famous comedy store in Hollywood as well as behind-the-scenes interviews with the industry's best comedians. You'll hear some insensitive jokes, some politically incorrect jokes, but every joke you hear comes from a place of love. Subscribe now to Roast Battle for new episodes every Thursday in your podcast feed. And welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. This
1: is Not Sam Wrestling.
0: Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a show I've got for you today. What a show. It's going to be a fun one. Thank you for joining us. This is Not Sam Wrestling. And uh, we've got a lot to do. We've always got a lot to do. I was on um, Busted Open this week on SiriusXM. It's a show. uh, My friend Dave LaGreca hosts it alongside Bully Ray on some days and Tommy Dreamer on some days and Mark Henry, the world's strongest man on other days. Lots of talent on that show. Lots of talent. But... The reason that I bring it up is because it got very controversial. Of course, uh, a couple of weeks ago, after my Bianca Belair comments on the NXT TakeOver pre-show, Mark Henry said that uh, uh, I owed her an apology for what I said. I came on this year' podcast, Not Sam Wrestling, and announced to the world I would not be apologizing to anyone for anything that I said. And uh, I still stand by that. Everything I said on that TakeOver, I, I think, was actually right and proved to be right um but mark invited me to do busted open and i said oh boy when the world's strongest man comes a calling you do not tuck your tail and run you show up feet firmly planted on the floor so i did the videos up online it's up on youtube um and we talked about it we 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 hashed it out and i told him exactly why i would not be apologizing um but that i absolutely thought that his 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 idea that i should have not said that or or that i was wrong or whatever i had no problem with him thinking that i was wrong or shouldn't have said that or that's fine he's allowed to think that and i'm allowed to sit there and go like not only am i okay with the fact that i said it i'll say it again in that space in that time and space um but it was a good conversation and it was good to see that the world's strongest man hadn't taken it personally just uh uh had maybe got a little hot under the collar because I was so direct with my comments, but we talked about it and it was good. Um, and it was so good, in fact, that after Busted Open, I said, Mark, why don't you come and do Not Sam Wrestling? It's been a while. I don't think he's been on the show since uh, like SummerSlam a year and a half ago when he was part of the live show that we did with uh, Dan Soder and with Skylar Astin. Um Yeah, so I said, it's been too long. You come do the show, so that's why today Mark Henry is my guest on Not Sam Wrestling. And we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But first, I do want to tell you guys that you have the opportunity to see Not Sam Wrestling live. You guys have heard about it. I've been beefing with the Major Brothers Wrestling Figure Podcast for a long time. There's something about these two. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder, of course, spelled Z-A-C-K-H. Where, I don't know. I collect action figures uh, uh, wrestling figures and it's not something that is a negative force in my life you know it's something I enjoy it's an escape it's a relief it's the whole thing but for some reason Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have made it a toxic force in their life where anybody who comes even close if you are not a disciple of Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder if you're not just sitting there just kissing their ass and sitting there and telling them that, oh, they're the greatest and they're the uh, Michael Jordan and Dwight Howard or whoever they are of wrestling figure collecting, as if that's a thing. If you're not sitting there abiding by the church of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins wrestling figure collections, which means that they are Jesus and the Virgin Mary, and I'll let you guess who's who. If you are not uh, uh, agreeing with that, then you're an enemy in their eyes. You are a threat. It's like any cult leader. Cult leaders, when somebody comes along and says, uh, you know, this cult leader is full of baloney. You guys are all brainwashed. They go nuts. He's an enemy. Look at those Scientology documentaries. Excommunicated. We can't have him here. He's a destructive force. That's what the Major Brothers did to me. All I did was sit there and go like, look, I got my own collection. They started making fun of me. Then all of a sudden, I pointed out, I don't even think the Major Brothers actually collect wrestling figures. All they do is sit there and buy figures on eBay. One minute, they're making fun of me for my collection. The next minute, they're spending the first 45 minutes of their podcast announcing all the figures that they got their audience to rip, that they ripped off their own audience for. And they're all figures that came out years ago that they should have had already. Oh, what do you mean? That came out years ago, but... They, they, they should have bought them originally, but they don't have them. Zack Ryder's buying classic superstars. What? Classic superstars came out long enough ago that you should have them all, but not long enough ago that you would have played with them and ruined them. Anybody who's our age, I'm the same age as those guys. If you're buying full sets of classic superstars now, it's only because you didn't buy them then. There's no reason you would need replacements. And that's what Zack Ryder's doing. Because he didn't have the collection. Because he's not a real collector. But we're going to hash out this beef once and for all at Caroline's on Broadway. You're going to be able to see us. It's not Sam Wrestling meets the major brothers, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, live in New York City. Caroline's on Broadway. The whole thing is going down Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m., February 27th. It's only a few weeks away. February 27th at 7.30 p.m., it's the battle of the century. It's the battle for uh, podcast supremacy. It's the Major Brothers versus the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts. Only one show leaves alive, and it's gonna be May. Not that hosky. Get your tickets now, carolines.com, to see the next big live event. Of course, if you're a uh, uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash notsamwrestling, if you're a not Sam shill that's a Hall of Fame level shill, you can get in for free. Just uh, hit me up and let me know, and I uh, I will hit you back. I promise you that. Let's get into it. Mark Henry is my guest this week on Not Sam Wrestling. As I said, uh, we talked on Busted Open all about the uh, uh, apology and and why he wouldn't be getting one and why it wasn't anything. It wasn't a personal attack on him, but it just wasn't going to happen. Um, and so that's where we started in our conversation uh, this week for Not Sam Wrestling. But we branched out into a lot of things. We branched out into life. We heard about, uh, we found out Mark Henry's got a new role in WWE, um, which is really, really interesting. Uh, And a whole lot of other stuff. He's a great guest, and he's my guest. This week on Not Sam Wrestling, it's the world's strongest man, Mark Henry.
1: The Not Sam Wrestling Interview.
0: Figaro... Man, who knew? The world's strongest man can sing, too. Welcome back. Mark Henry is here. You know, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at this because after after that clip that went everywhere, after I said what I said on the NXT TakeOver pre-show... I heard even, you know, I have a Discord room set up for the people who, who follow the show on Patreon. And immediately it was like, oh no, oh no, Mark Henry's mad at Sam. This is not good for Sam. I wasn't mad. You're just voicing your opinion. I was just voicing my opinion. Yeah. Like flexing the muscles. <laughs> letting, Reminding everybody. Just
1: letting them know. Yeah, you know, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. You know, they're not quite like, Buttholes and all stink, but
0: <laughs> some of them are valid. Right, some of them stink. Some, some of them are like I don't think. My, I don't think mine. I don't think my opinions are like. No, buttholes. my
1: opinion is not. You know, I, I think that um, they sometimes they serve their purpose, but sometimes it's like you have to agree
0: to disagree. Right.
1: And and just let people be entitled to their opinion.
0: Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day, if you're right, it's, it'll show itself. And if you're wrong, it'll show itself. Like the yeah. truth is just going to be the truth, and so it'll be what it and is.
1: Sometimes it takes time. It might be wrong at the moment, but right. Five minutes later, it might be different. A hour later, a right. Day, a month, a year, you know, a decade. Right. It, it'll come to fruition. Like what was really the uh, the thing that mattered the most will reveal itself.
0: Well, it's and all about context, right? Yeah. Like the context yeah. of the when, the where, the why, everything.
1: I, I, and, a, and a how, too. You got to always throw the how in there. Yeah. Like how can you get to this point? Or how do you think that that person is better than that person? Like, I mean, there there's so many variables. And uh, I, I tend to have my opinion on stuff but not be so fixed to my opinion because I want to be right mm-hmm. that – it's troubling, because I know so many people that I can't tell them shit. Mm-hmm. I can say, man, hey, um, they say it's a blue moon tomorrow. You know what a blue moon is. Man, there's no such thing as a blue moon. <laughs> it's just, the moon is always gonna be the same color, no dumbass. Like it's like a two day full moon. Oh, so now you, you just gotta f- just keep on living, man. Just try right. to get people to, s- you might know something today
0: that you didn't know yesterday. Right. And it really is amazing too. I mean, part of it is understanding that all right, I've got my opinion and I know what I think I know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't I'm not I'm not here to convince everybody else right. that I'm right. I'm here to put my opinion out there and if you agree, you agree. If you don't agree, you don't agree, but it's the people who lose their minds and spend all their energy trying to make it so that their opinion matches everybody and everybody that they see. They have to convince, no, tell me I'm right,
1: tell me I'm tell right. Tell me I'm right, damn it. And, and I
0: just realized we were doing a podcast and I
1: pointed like, ha, and,
0: and it was like, nobody saw that. Uh, you may want to say something about it. That's okay. That's okay. I mean, you're the world's strongest man. You can get away with a lot. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, I, you know, people, there's some people that'll, you know, they'll, they'll try to give it back. They they'll mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you don't know, you, you don't scare me, Mark Henry.
0: Who says that? Cause even me, it's I go. Been a while, but you know. Yeah. Cause even when you said Sam should apologize, I said, "Okay, that's Mark's opinion." I think I know Mark well enough to tell him I'm not going to apologize. Here's why. But you're entitled to think whatever right. you can think. But there is that other part of me that goes, "Oh boy, if Mark's actually upset about this, I'm in a Jeez, lot of oh trouble." Well, I don't get bit. <laughs> exactly. I
1: that's... heard the Washutus are <laughs> <or> biters. <laughs> nah, no, man, I, I'm just. <laughs> I'm as free-flowing a guy. I could not have evolved this far if I was a bullheaded dummy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm very kind of loose when it comes to uh, people's opinions and different philosophies. I enjoy a different philosophy. Yeah. But I'm going to challenge you to make me see it your way. And if you can't put it together where I can understand where you're coming from, then I'm gonna consider myself right and tell you again, I think
0: you're wrong. Is that something you learned in wrestling specifically? Like, do you feel like that's, or does that just develop with age?
1: You know, what? that that developed with age and, and uh, the people that I've been around the last 20 years Mm -hmm. I'm around a lot of educators and philosophers and um, my my manager and his wife both are professors at UT where my manager just passed away this past year but he has been like a dad to me since I was 18 and a really really smart and rational guy and it's like, won't you see stuff from other people's perspective? And I try to do that more times than not. Like whenever a situation arises, I want to see it from another person's standpoint. The cab driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I'm a Texan, and I did not bring a jacket here. Yesterday, I'm walking and I'm cold. And I said, you know what? I know it's only four blocks. I'm going to get in this damn cab. And I get in, and the guy goes, oh, that's just three or four blocks up. And I was like, yeah, I knew that when I got in the cab. (laughs) But I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm taking this guy out of his normal routine or maybe he's waiting in line for somebody that's going to the airport and I'm screwing him out of his position. I think about stuff from other people's perspective.
0: So you don't sit there and immediately go, I'm the customer, man, okay? Sh- shut the hell
1: up and right. drive. Right,
0: right. But there was a time in your life where you would have... I would have said... Shut the hell up Hey, man, dr-
1: shut the hell up and just drive me up the block. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> I am trying not to be that dude no more. It's just, it's not enough energy in the day. I'm mean, not enough time in the
0: day to give out that kind of bad energy. When did you make that transition? When did you switch over to the guy who isn't going to yell at the cab driver?
1: Probably about six or seven years ago. Okay. I started to feel, you know, my kids are, um, they'll do what they see. Right. And my kids are now... Not little bitty kids. I got a thirteen year old and a nine year old. Mm -hmm. So the other day, Jacob, I hear him and Joanna fussing about something, and he goes, "Just do what I said." And I was like, "Damn, that sounds like me." (laughs) (laughs) I said, "Jacob, listen, you can't tell your talk to your sister like that. Like just because I talk to you like that, don't mean you can talk to other people like that." Right. do as i
0: say not as i do as i do right
1: and you have a problem with her you come talk to me and let me talk to her and i'll get her straight and i'll let you know if you're right or not yeah i'll be the judge and the jury and execution
0: that's your job you're the dad i'm the dad yeah
1: so um you gotta you gotta map out what you want to do with your kids and how you want to be viewed and you don't want them to have uh, it, I told them recently I'm, I'm done arguing and yelling
0: like but for life
1: I'm, we're not fight I'm not screaming at y'all no more mm-hmm. y'all too old to be screamed at y'all should know better or just get ready to do the 400 because I have a workout called it, the 400 it's it, 400 reps of it's a 100 bench a 100 upper body a uh-huh.
0: hundred core and a hundred legs so you and make then, the kids do calisthenics when is their punishment?
1: Yeah, so it might be fifty push-ups, and then it might be fifty dips, and that's your hundred in the upper body. Then it might be uh, Y ups Uh or V ups, uh, however people call them. Uh, Then it might be sit-ups. It might be you know elbow to knee raises, you know whatever.
0: So how did you get? How did you figure that out? Because I mean I've never. Most of the time it's you're grounded or you've got extra chores or you can't do this or whatever. I figure
1: they're, they're going to be collegiate athletes, uh-huh. so they might as well be in the best damn physical condition <laughs> they can some, get in. Let's get some training in here. <laughs> let's, let's get some training in all You're not going to listen to me. And, and you could beat people and verbally abuse people, mm-hmm. but nothing gets your attention like muscle soreness. Right, and it stays. Like you go to the military. Yeah. You know why the military... Is more disciplined than anything else. Why? Because people are under physical duress, mm-hmm. and you—they uh, discipline you by physical things. And now I figured, hell, if it works for the military, it worked for me. Yeah,
0: and it does, right? Yeah, it yeah. works. I'll if bet this.
1: If, if I called, if I called home right now, they'd be at school. But um, but if they weren't, if they it's weren't, the four hundred. And I I said. Jacob, you owe me 400 <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> but, Dad, I didn't do anything. I, I break them down. Yeah. I and know you I'm just something. playing. I'm just, that's not cool, Dad. <laughs> you scared me. <laughs> they, and I can say, hey, give me your phone. They, they would be, like, upset about it. Right. But after a while, they might go watch TV or mm-hmm. turn the radio on or grab a book. They'll entertain themselves. But if your ass is tired, and your arms are sore, and your stomach is cramping, and your legs, your thighs, and hamstrings are are shaking.
0: It's universal.
1: You're going to remember that for a few hours. Yeah. It ain't going to be temporary.
0: And the next time it happens, (laughs) you're like, I don't want to start this because I know where this ends. I mean, I remember growing up, it'd be like, okay, well, now you have to go up to your room, and you have to be in there for three hours a night doing homework. And I would literally just sit there for three hours looking at the wall. And it was fine. I could do it standing on my head. There was no... Like, the, that, the idea of... Your idea of punishment is... I don't care. Just go in and stare at the wall, and I did my time. If it was, you got to do the 400? No, I'll do my homework instead. Thank you. Dad, I, I, I'll do my homework. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get it done. You can check yeah. it, whatever you want to do. be jacked. <laughs> yeah, I would. I you wish I had had the 400. My, my mom
1: worked us. Oh, did she? Yeah, man. I, I cut my yard at 8 o'clock at night one time. I was in the house... Doing something I wasn't supposed to. I t- I, she told me to get off the phone, mm-hmm. and you know how kids get on the phone and they with their friends. Yeah, man. On um, tomorrow, man, Kung Fu Theater comes on at twelve o'clock, and then after that, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rock and Wrestling comes on, and then you know just kids stuff. Right. And my mom came in and she said, "You still on the phone?" And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> yes, no, I'm hanging up." She was like, uh, you got something to do. It's still enough light for you to mow the damn yard. Go. Because
0: she's sitting there going, like, you're not going to waste your hours on the phone. There's Bro, things that need to be. Bro, it was getting dark.
1: I mean, it was dark already. It was, it was enough light that I could, I could barely see, like, the line. Like, she was proving the point. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, you're going to be a smart ass and not do what I say? Yeah. I got you. And you would do it. Out of fear of getting a whooping <laughs>
0: right. or not being able to eat. Right. 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 <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a three headed monster with her So who did you have in your life Like you go to the Olympics right And you start you build this reputation for yourself To the point where WWE's interested And I'm sure WWE is not the only game in town All of a sudden you're this kid Who's got all this attention on you Money offers coming at you I want you to do this I want you to do that Sign this contract sign that contract Who's around you that's able to guide you into being like no this this WWE thing this is a lifetime over here this is a bad idea Terry here.
1: Todd that was that was the, the guy that just passed away recently that was the uh, the guy that started the Arnold Strongman um, that I won in 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry did that. He coached Bill Kazmaier. He coached so many. Uh, that world-famous strongman, and Terry was uh, the first guy to um, basically create what strength coaches are. There was no such thing as a strength coach in college sports before Terry. And, you know, he's just super well-known in physical culture, uh, they have the largest physical culture library in the world in Austin, Texas the Letcher Stark Center uh, it's in the north end of the UT football stadium 20,000 square feet mm-hmm. and I mean Jack Johnson's clothes and boxing gloves Rocky Marciano stuff uh, the Tom Landry archive I, I beg them because I'm such a big cowboy fan like he has the book that Tom Landry created the shotgun formation in and the plays. And I was like, can I touch it? And he's like, no, you can't. <laughs> <touch it." laughs> like they have to get put on white gloves and they have to spray this treatment stuff so it don't mess with the page. You know what I'm saying? Right. So nothing
0: dissolves. There's yeah, no acid. There's no, yeah. And um,
1: there's some stuff. The first stationary bike ever made, mm-hmm. you know, like the template Joe Weeder's collection, Uh, The template he set for the first weights that they started making, the universal weights um, diagrams for how the the dimensions are making um, the stacks, the weight stacks with the cable pulleys and stuff, like all of those diagrams and and, um, stuff as inventions are in there. Wow. I mean, they're – I, I took Vince McMahon in there because uh there's a section about wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. But he's also a bodybuilding guy too. I mean, and, like, and he, and he was you a know, he likes all this guy stuff, too. yeah.
1: But there's a picture in there of Andre and Vince when he was young sitting at a table with Andre and Vince's dad. Wow. And I I didn't tell him about it. I said, Man, you gotta come check this library out when we, next time we're in Austin. And he was like, well, let's let's go. And I was like, all right. I was so excited. And we got in there, and we started walking around, and Terry came out and said, hey, I'm going to show you the wrestling area. And he took Vince down, and I just elbowed him, and I pointed, and he looked over there, and he just started crying. Really? Yeah, just broke him down. Wow. And uh, he was like, man, thank you. Like, that's, that's the relationship that I have with Vince. It's a little different than... I mean, that's like um, familial. Yeah, it's, it's more than a boss employee.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you talk about a guy, you know, I don't want to go as far as to say paternal figure because that feels like I'm overstepping, but... He, talk, is, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, you're a kid when you show up like, in we 96. we have love for
1: each other. We've, we've expressed that we love each
0: other. I mean, and you grew up I as was, an adult there with yeah, him,
1: right? Yeah, I did. I did. There was a lot of immaturity in me that he kind of you know, chiseled the rough pieces back and made smooth. Right. And uh, as a businessman, like, how to do business Mm -hmm. and how to market. And uh, you don't have to duck. There's no camera. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's just random stuff that I would know nothing about if it wasn't for him. Right. Like, you know, guys that go to college for eight years to learn half the stuff that I've learned. And... Uh, I don't take it for granted. And I told him I appreciate the stuff that I know. Yeah. And I can't, you can't just put me in a situation and I feel rattled. Like, I've, I own the territory under my feet. Right. And that's, that, that unwavering kind of uh, confidence is what you need in the world. I mean, nobody, I mean, I want well, to use the P word, but uh, nobody respects the P.
0: Right, right or A. Right, somebody that's sitting there, you can tell in a person's eyes they're unsure, they're trying to figure yeah. out what's the right answer, what's, what's the what, right what am thing I to, supposed say? to say. Exactly. What's the right?
1: Vince hated it when people come up. Hey, boss, uh, good to see you. Man. Thank you so much for having me on the card. You know, he hates them dudes. Right, right. He have a, I mean, a, it's a hate. It's a loathing. Really? That he won't like be a man. Shit,
0: step up. Right. Like, I respect your work
1: and I pay you for your work.
0: But, I I, mean, early on, I'll tell you, when when I started doing stuff over there, it wasn't with Vince, obviously, but it was other people in the company where I would text and say, you know, thank you so much for having me this weekend. And immediately it would be, you got yourself here this weekend. You know what I mean? That's like an energy that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need to, we're not doing you favors here. Yeah. You're here. For a reason. Yep, you know everybody what I mean? have a purpose. If yeah. you see somebody around there, believe yeah. you me, they, they they have some purpose of doing it. Did you go into when you, when you got hurt before you right before you started wrestling when you train for the Olympics and you get hurt? Did you go into a panic starting to because you obviously you had no wrestling career yet, like wrestling wasn't your life yet, and it looked like you know powerlifting. I thought it was over. Right, and did you go like oh, oh damn? Right, this was because. Powerlifting's your bread and butter before that. Yeah, like powerlifting, weightlifting, right.
1: strong man. Like I had never I had never broke nothing before. Right. I tore muscle in between my ribs in the Olympics in ninety six, but that was pretty much you know, oh I dropped a plate on my foot. Oof. I dropped a forty five pound plate on my foot one time, you know, bruised my foot real, real bad where I couldn't walk. But oh. I never had many injuries. Right. And then I got into wrestling, and the first damn week (laughs) I break my ankle. (laughs) I'm like, shit,
0: because all of a sudden this isn't gonna work. I
1: break my ankle. Like, I mean, it was it was very very puzzling first, and then it was like the oh my god, man, they might think that I can't do
0: this. Right, the injury prone thing, like the bro,
1: it was like it was it was it was a little bit nerving. Yeah. And then it was, you know, Vince said, listen, it happens. Like, heal up and get your butt back to work. And I was like, okay, all right. But everything work-wise was easy for me
0: because I I grew up working hard. I ain't had no problem working. Right. And, yeah, I mean, I guess when you come from another sport, the idea that— I've been a world
1: champion in two sports already at that point. I mean, over fifteen, twenty thousand hours. Right. So you already have this mindset of an elite athlete. What is it going to take for me to be good in wrestling? It might take me about three years of really focusing on that and nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way that I looked at it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's you know, what you
1: did. I, I just put it to put my nose to the grindstone
0: and. Um, did my thing. That's what That's what I was supposed to do. I was thinking about you, you know, because I was reading all the rumors are out now about uh, who's going into the Hall of Fame this year. And, and this is just the time of the year where names start to get introduced and that class starts to happen. And you had your big year uh, last year going into the Hall of Fame. That must be such a high, right? That's like the last accomplishment. You were the world champion. You did. You. you I can't imagine that there's anything in wrestling that you didn't accomplish. You get into the Hall of Fame. When you realize now that the year's gone by and the new class is going in and the cycle is just keeps moving
1: it, it, it repeats is there like,
0: anything in you that goes like, "Ah oh, man, like when am i, I, I want to be able to do that again I want to have another year or are you good no this'
1: wasn't my first hall of fame, right like you know i I never was like oh, I'm working my life to get into the Hall of fame right. nobody never goes into it um, you get to where you're like Brady, mm-hmm. and people start going, "Oh, you're gonna be first ballot. Y'all, you won six championships. You've been the top. Uh, you're in the top five in statistical categories. You're going right. Like then you start
0: thinking about it at the end. I see. So it's not like you're. It's not like you're sitting there at Super Bowl number two and going like, "Oh, maybe I get into the Hall of Fame now. You're going. No, I just need to get to the next next game. Yeah, you game. keep going. Yeah, the
1: next game and." And um, you know, going into the uh, Silsby Wall of Honor, and then going to the uh, Collegiate Sports Hall of Fame, then the International Sports Hall of Fame, then the WWE Hall of Fame. Like time has fixed it to where um, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of uh, just keep on living.
0: Right, and finding new stuff. Finding new
1: things to keep going, and um, that's where I am with my life. You know, it's just like I get to um, to wake up every day and not try to top myself, but just to exist and keep going and not um, regress. Right. I I see so many people, man, like I wake up and I, I love Vince Young. Like you know, he was a UT great, you know, uh, guy I respect a lot. And Vince has had some issues, and I wish that I was around him more so I could help him focus. But like you know, I get I look at the news yesterday and he gets a DWI, a DUI. He's got one before, so I feel like it's my my job to call and and say, hey man, don't trip. I know you did some stuff, take your lumps, but listen, the next time that you get in a situation where you feel like you gotta get in your car, won't you call me? I just I sent a friend of mine the other day an Uber. Right. Because he was so licked up he called me and said Mark, man, I'm drunk, man. Come get me. I'm downtown. It wasn't Pat McAfee, was it? (laughs) No. It was (laughs) another drunk. (laughs) He was was like, man, come get me, man. It's like 1230 Uh in the morning. And I couldn't see myself rolling over telling my wife, I'm going to go pick up Chris. He's downtown drunk and take him home and come back. I was I'm going to call him an Uber. And I called him an Uber. Right. I would have done that for him. Vince got an Uber account. Mm-hmm. Like, but you, some people need you. Like, athletes stem from coaching. Right. And you always had somebody coaching you.
0: Right. And, and, the, and I guess because you dedicate your life to the athletic part of it, it just spills over into every aspect of life. Like, you're waiting to kind of... Be guided somewhat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to be my role with a few people that I know.
0: Is this in wrestling or in life? In life. So you're looking at being like a life mentor. Life coach. And life mentor. coach. And, yeah. and I've,
1: I've, I've done that for a long time in wrestling. And um, me being gone this last year and a half, there's a lot of stuff that has happened in the locker room that would have never happened under my watch.
0: Like what? You don't have to get into specifics with names, but I mean, as far as you want to go.
1: Well, people arguing and fussing about stuff. Uh, there's been some uh, my disrespecting my wife or my girlfriend type of stuff. Like, uh, there's been a couple of people be habitually late, ah, uh, in which Vince hates. Yeah, but he's not. He don't have Taker or me, you know. Booker is not there. Only at TV, you know. So like the guys, Big Show has been injured. So all the guys that hold people face to the fire is not there. Was
0: was Roman that guy? Ro- Roman was kind of that He's guy. Kind of getting there. He
1: was kind of getting there. Um, Cena maybe. No, John. John, you know. He, he's on his bus and off to the next place.
0: He's just got so much going on. Like he
1: got so much to do, he, yeah. he ain't got time. I mean, but he will go, okay guys, like uh, the place is a pigsty. Right. Like don't leave your trash. Right, right. You know, and he, you, know, you get the young guys. These young guys now, somebody told me that uh, they asked some young guys to clean up and they like, man, it ain't my job to clean up. <laughs> wow. That shit is finna come to an abrupt stop because yeah. um, I will be at all TVs at all uh, pay per views now. And, oh, really? Yeah, and this is really new. Like in the last two weeks, and um, every pay per view is going to be issues with people in the locker room. Like we finna read, we finna read, establish uh,
0: the leadership chain of command. So you're going in. To all the pay-per-views and TVs and whatnot, and you're taking on mainly a behind-the-scenes role of just,
1: just to keep everybody checks and balances. I mean, wow. there's no title for it, right? I really
0: am not a title guy anymore. Uh-huh. But just you, just so your presence is there. Yeah. And that's never. There's never. That's not a position that's existed. No, before. it's
1: never. It's never had. You never had to do that. Right. Right. But it's something. But you actually like that. You like. I like structure. I like discipline. I like right. And you know uh, it changes for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man, I don't like the perception of me walking into a room. People. Oh my God! One of those wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Because somebody screwed it up, the image they tarnished the way people see us. And back in the old days. Um. Guys used to wreck hotel rooms and trash rental cars and all of that dumb stuff. And then when I came into wrestling, they were like, um, we're, we're out of cars. No, there's plenty of cars out there. Like, <laughs> uh, no, you, you're one of those wrestlers, no. Not for you. We're not renting a car to you. yeah. And it was like that, and we had to, like, recreate or reestablish the trust um, me, The Rock, and Kane, and D'Lo, and Brian Christopher, uh, Scotty Too Hot, Like, the they, young guys back then, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, we was reaping the benefits of people being buttholes.
0: Right, right. And, and had you had to, to yeah, had to fix that. Yeah, I had to fix that. And now you have to go in and make sure that the, the buttholeness doesn't return. Right. I see. I don't want it to regress. I see.
1: Work too hard,
0: man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and your purpose was not so that it was good for you. Your purpose was that it was what the industry standard should be.
1: And 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 just finally so. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing that, that Vince wants, too, is, you know, people to have a harder time getting to work.
0: Of course. Now, who when you were young who was the guy that was doing that for your locker room and i'm like you know 96 97 even 98 like before oh, before you are established enough cuz you can't just walk in there and do it you don't you don't know yet uh, we
1: had yoko and huh. undertaker like they, they have a crew called bsk mhm and um that was in the time of the cliques, and everybody, there was like a bunch of, it was like a bunch of gangs. <laughs> like, what crew, what, what set you claim?
0: <laughs> so it's like going to prison. <laughs> yeah. Like you're figuring like, out, like, where in the yard you're supposed to be standing. Yeah, people
1: speaking, kids are around you. you know, <laughs> like, what are you saying? I mean, it just, it was a different time. And the whole cleanup was in effect. Because in the 90s, you know, they had the uh, the whole steroid debacle. Uh, they tried to convict Vince right, in the Supreme Court on drug charges and, yeah. you know, all kind of stuff. And that's when the we're not a sport. We're entertainment. We're a sports element. Mm-hmm. And... They're independent contractors. I don't tell people what to do. I don't force people to do anything. I'm not saying, hey, if you don't take drugs, you can't work here. Uh, whatever, like. But them guys also, the cleanup came from not only the drugs and uh, discipline, but it it came into, hey, don't wreck the, don't wreck the rental cars, don't tear the hotels up. Present yourself business casual no more sweatsuits and zubas right and start wearing like a jean jeans and a
0: jacket well it's like not only do you have to realize that you can't act like there's no tomorrow because there's definitely going to be a tomorrow but now more than ever everybody's aware of everything everything is getting recorded every little moment every sort of out of control you can't go into a hotel lobby and do this you can't screw up a rental car it'll be on tmz in 20 minutes
1: yeah less than 20 right right I mean so we we had I mean man it was just it was so many guys like the old guys that um, you know Owen was Owen Hart was one that you know I started riding with Owen because Owen wanted to always after the show go straight to the town some people like to stay in the town that they're in and party and then drive the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to go straight to the hotel. Right. Like, wherever if we got three hours drive, let's just go and get it out of the way, wake up where we're supposed to be. Right. And um, so I, I I started to do that. And I, I was learning from good role models. Mm-hmm. Everybody wasn't. You know, so... Um, they finally got it. You know, it probably took till 2001, 2002 before everything was, like, pristine. You could rent cars without being in trouble getting <laughs> looked at funny and stay in hotels. And so people, people would actually go, oh, man, it's good to see y'all again. Right,
0: right. Cause they, As
1: opposed to, oh, shh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know it's rough when you have a, a, a customer base. That's always going to need rental cars like wrestlers. So it should be a rental company's like a dream come true. Right. But But the fact that it's a nightmare is like, okay, this is on you guys because this could be really easy for them. So whose idea was this role for you? Was this something that you went to WWE and said, why don't you bring me into the pay per views and let me kind of. I I kept hearing too much negativity. And I'm like. Like people were coming to you and going, like, Mark, you wouldn't believe what's going on. Not just
1: them, but you know. Talent relations and yeah. different people that I, I, I'm i friends with. And I'm like, well, do something about it. And they like, man, it's just, I'm like, listen, I'll do it. Like, I will. I'll take the heat. Mm-hmm. Because, one, I ain't scared of nobody whooping my ass. Right. And, two, I've been there and done that enough that if I go to Vince and say, hey, he don't respect nothing, his ass need a fine. Maybe he'll respect the $1,500 being taken out of his check.
0: Right. And if somebody comes to you and says, did you go tell Vince I needed to find him? Damn straight I did. Oh, okay. Okay. And we'll do it again. Right. The next time you're
1: late, it'll probably go up about $200. Mm -hmm. So I suggest you get there early. That's the conversations that'll be had in the next year. Wow. I think that's cool, man. It's just respond. You gotta be responsible. Yeah. Like I don't want the business to to suffer because of one or two people not respecting it.
0: And is part of your role, also going to be kind of keeping an eye on who on the roster right now can develop into this guy that that yeah you are like definitely who- going to try to empower some people. Right. To, um, people
1: call used to call it the stooges, <laughs> and you can call me whatever you want to call me. Right. But um, what you won't do is make the business look bad. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just can't stand that. You know, it's just like wow. You really want to, you know, Seth Rollins burn it down because you just feel like, hey, that's what I want to do.
0: Right. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in sports. And in entertainment, so you have to imagine it's double in sports entertainment. I heard it's pretty bad in entertainment. Like some of these actors and actresses. Are- well, it's selfish, right? It's just like it's just my show. It's about me. Nobody's nobody cares about the industry. It's it's, and I'm not talking about wrestling. I'm talking about show business. It's this idea of like, no, no, no. I'm here to get ahead for me, to get as much money as I can get, to get fame for me, and once I'm done, I don't care what's left. Yeah, scorch wow. the earth. There's a lot, I, I think, in sports and entertainment and anything that is ego-driven, like all this is, and anything that that is fame-driven, like all this is, you find it a lot, man. You yeah. find that a lot, I think. And it does take people to kind of uh, weed that out, right? It does. Yeah.
1: It does. You need people that's responsible enough um,
0: to get that done. So this, yeah. So that question about you and the Hall of Fame and everything—you're not even looking at that because you've got, you've got this new role with WWE. You're on busted open all the time, you know, two three times a week. You're you're mentoring people outside of the business, just in life. Yeah, my personal business and you know having a family. You know, yeah, people right? forget
1: that. People forget that you gotta go home and be dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't even realize. You know, we've got a two-year-old. And it's one of those things where you don't realize until you're there that's also a full-time job boy two years old is a boy that's a
1: wreck i remember <laughs> i remember it, both times like you stop having tablecloths on on tables you give up on it the kids start grabbing it and they're like i'm just gonna pull this till all the shit comes <laughs> out. And 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 the toilet rolls Yeah, oh, forget about about all of the stuff that at two years old that they used to just destroy and mess up. And you could, you know, when they eat, they're eating. they just go. That's it. Just throw it down
0: on the floor. Right. Hey, hey,
1: hey, little bastard.
0: Yeah. And we're going. Why is the dog sick? Because (laughs) the the kid keeps throwing his food on the floor, and the dog's eating all of it. Yeah, I knew it was bad when uh, my wife Jess was like, uh, "We need a new lamp." And I go, why do we need a new lamp? And she goes, wow. The boy jumped on the back of the couch, and then he ran down the back of the couch, and he rode the lamp down to the floor. <laughs> he, he ran, he jumped off the couch, he grabbed the lamp. Uh, the whole thing came over, and I'm like, yeah. and,
1: and you think success.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was also thinking about what you were saying about your kids and, and your son sounding like you. We're just at the point now... Where he'll say these little words, and you go, where did he get that from? And you realize they're listening to everything. everything. They're a sponge right now. And you're like, "I, my, my, the things that I choose, my choices, for the first time ever, actually matter.
1: Jacob said, I guess he was like five. And he heard me on the phone tell somebody, that's bullshit. I don't <laughs> believe not one thing you're telling me right now. Mm-hmm. So, we're on the couch, and Jacob comes in. He's going, Daddy, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) My wife turned to me and said, where you get that from? (laughs) I was like... He heard me say
0: that on the phone. But you have to stop yourself from laughing because yeah. all it's gonna do is encourage Yeah, like... you can't laugh.
1: You can't you gotta be like, Jacob, don't talk like that. That's not nice. And then get him out of the room so you can yeah, laugh. So you can go laugh. <laughs>
0: oh, that's great. Well, man, such a great influence. <laughs> I'm uh I'm happy for all your success, man. And I'm specifically glad that we don't have the heat that the internet thought we might, because if I ever show up at another pay-per-view, I would have to deal with the new no, no locker my, room general.
1: My whole thing about the whole situation was um, I saw stuff on social media where people were saying you were sexist and you were, you were being racist toward Bianca and all of this. And I was like, no, no, no. I know the, I know who the hell Sam is. It's not a sexist or a racist it's the fact that Sam believes that somebody else is entitled to that spot, mm-hmm. and that's what we just disagree. It's just that's just what it is. It don't have nothing to do with all the other stuff. Don't be bringing in – If you got some substantiated evidence that he's a racist or a sexist, then put it out there. Right? Because I want to know. Because <laughs> I don't want to be sitting next to his ass all the time, and and he he'd be like out of character like that. But I know what it was, and. I ain't want people giving you negative hate. Well, I appreciate I it appreciate you saying that.
0: Yeah, and I mean I don't you know I if you say that guy's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Cool, you know that's that's an that's an opinion. That's, that's an opinion. I'm good with that, but yeah, the other stuff kind of.
1: Yeah, you can't start verbally assassinating people because that's what it is. When you start, if you if you call somebody a, a sexist or a racist, shit, that can mess
0: with their career to big yeah but you see those those accusations get flung around these days like very easily very easily and it's almost it's disrespectful to the people that actually have to have had to deal with that and it actually lets real racist real sexists off the hook because now you're lumping this giant group into it where yeah. it dilutes everything yeah you know
1: but the people that that i know that is unjustly put against them I, I'm I'm quick to be, you know, no, that's that's not the situation, that's not the case. But uh people that deserve it, you know, Lem Nielsen, Nielsen uh <laughs> Yeah,
0: dude. I've been talking about that and it's amazing too, I mean people are like, you can't really believe so that you,
1: you mean to tell me that a friend of yours went through some traumatic issue and because that person was black, that all black people are rapists? That's what I said. All uh, black people are, like you. You want to retaliate against some innocent black dude walking down the street because he looked like somebody. Like it doesn't even look like him. It's just the same. Just the same. Same color. color yeah. Same ethnicity. Just same. stupidity. And, yeah. And, and I'm like, I, I wouldn't. If I was his personal assistant, I was his manager, a publicist, agent, somebody. I'd be like, man, can you just shut the hell up?
0: <laughs> like <laughs> you, you killing, you killing me. Yeah. Yeah, they canceled his red carpet because they were like, we can't, we just, can't do this. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, I, I, and people go, well, when you're that angry, you don't know how you would react. And I'm sitting there going, I can The anger part is fine, being angry and wanting revenge on something. But in my mind, I go, I want revenge on rapists. Like, I don't, I wouldn't even, like, the, the yeah, race and, of the.
1: go and start lobbying for harsher, crueler punishments for people that physically assault or verbally assault somebody. Right. Right. You know, do something like that. Right. Don't 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 make it a case where it's against a race of people. Right. It's it's crazy. Like that that's beyond ludicrous to me. I I, I think that um he's he's what we call work yourself into a shoot. Mm-hmm. He's been in so many movies that were like that that he's subconsciously believing. I think some of that shit is made up. I don't believe that even really happened uh-huh. because people that's like that, they just they do stuff to get attention, and I think he's a, a, a attention seeking, mm-hmm. you know, and he's a spot picker because anybody that's willing to pick on somebody that have no idea what's coming to them, like. That's not saying, hey, you need to prepare yourself. I'm upset with you and we got an issue. Okay. You gonna sneak up on somebody and do something to somebody that don't know shit from <laughs> right. 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 That's it's ridiculous. My but.
0: God. Well, Mark Henry, we've learned a lot, I feel like. Always do with you. Uh you can listen to Mark Henry on Busted Open. You can uh follow Mark Henry on Twitter and everything and uh the Mark Henry on everything the At Mark Henry The Mark Henry across all forms of social media and if you're uh if you're living life incorrectly I will find you knock it off because Mark Henry's gonna <laughs> Mark Henry's gonna make you do 400 right now and that's the oh, last man. thing that's the last thing that you want to do you don't want it no thank you so much man I appreciate you having me man of course here is Sam Roberts. Thanks to the world's strongest, Mark Henry, for being a part of the show this week. Uh, super fun talking to that guy. I think it's I think it's a, a cool gig that he's got. I never would have thought of that. The idea that he's going to just be backstage, taking on a backstage role in WWE, just making sure that what is supposed to happen in the locker room happens in the locker room. It's amazing to watch guys evolve in this world of wrestling. And, and I think that that's really one of the big things that WWE has evolved into its, and you hear this when we talk to the Undisputed Era boys, all four of them here on the podcast, they were talking about how at the Performance Center, one of the things that they really learned was that there is a lifetime in in the wrestling business. That This isn't like, okay, you get in while you can get in and eventually the business leaves you behind. There is life outside of the ring still in the wrestling business if this is the thing that you're obsessed with, that you're passionate about. If you don't want to leave, there's stuff to do. And you see this, you know, uh, the hurricane just started with WWE. You could, on Twitter and Instagram, he's posting photos from the gorilla position, which is awesome to see. Jeff Jarrett is back on Raw. I mean, how amazing is that? To see Jeff Jarrett wrestling alongside the Road Dog being there. He was just on this podcast, and and and, and it was really cool. Last year when we talked to Jeff Jarrett, he was even off the air. We went upstairs, and had some food, and he was like, his mind was blown about what was happening with him in Mexico at the time. That he was wrestling over there. Like, he was done wrestling, and his mind was blown. I I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight, and I can't wait to get Jeff Jarrett back on this podcast. You know, I feel like we need to do two more shows with him. Last time Jeff was on, we basically covered his entire WWE, his first WCW, and then back to WWE run. But we still had his, his major WCW run and TNA run to kind of cover in a second part. I was going to do another like two-hour podcast with him to get all that information. But I feel like there's a whole nother show now based on what's happened in the last year since joining the WWE Hall of Fame and now showing up at the Royal Rumble and then wrestling Elias on Raw. I mean, what's that like? It's, it's, it's so crazy. And wrestling is crazy, and wrestling is amazing, and it really is. I mean, that's that's the position that Mark Henry's in. This is a this is a lifetime dealio. He's he's finding a spot like that's not a job that existed. This idea that well, if there isn't necessarily a locker room general or whatever you want to call it, backstage making sure that everybody kind of uh, does what is best for the business as a whole. Maybe it's not the worst idea in the world to hire somebody that used to do that to do it now. I mean, has that much changed that they can't do it? I'd love to get the perspective of some of the younger guys too. I mean, what what is that like to have Mark Henry around and being like, guys, this is what you need to do? Do they sit there and go like, ah, oh, it's good. You're right, Mark. Oh, that's, a, that's good insight. Or do they go like, get out of the way. You know, this is our time. I don't know. I'd love to get that perspective. I don't know who would be honest about it though. You know, that that's a, if, if they're being... If they don't feel it's the greatest idea in the world, it's probably one of the things that Mark Henry would probably teach you is if you don't think it's the greatest idea in the world, keep it to yourself because it's not going to help anybody. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see how that plays itself out. Speaking of playing itself out, you know, I told you uh, Caroline's February 27th, uh, I would be doing uh, the co-branded live show. Not Sam Wrestling versus the Major Brothers Wrestling Figure Podcast at Caroline's on Broadway, New York City, February 27th, 7.30 p.m. Uh, carolines.com to get tickets. Of course, there's uh, information posted on my social media, on Zach huh, Ryder's social media, Kurt Hawkins' social media. You can get there, and you should get there. Um, but also, I'll be a guest in Houston. If you're not going to be in New York uh, a week next weekend, so this would be the Saturday Before Elimination Chamber, I'll be in Houston, and I'll be doing Booker T's live show. That was announced. So if you're going to be in Houston, check that out. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be doing anything else in Houston, quite frankly. I'm right now going to Houston to do Booker T's live show. Based on the way things are right now, I don't know you know, if anything else is going to uh, happen while I'm in Houston, but uh, I will definitely be at Booker T's live show. So check that out if you're in the area. It'll be a good time. And speaking of a good time, let's have a good time right now. With the state of wrestling, it's now time for this week's state of wrestling. Yes, it is. Welcome, state of wrestling time for not Sam wrestling. What is this? Two hundred and twenty-four. I think it's. Uh, I think it's our thirty thousand and fifteenth episode. It's our thirty thousand and fifteenth state of wrestling. Um, forgive. I, I don't think my voice is going to go, but you can probably hear it's already straining. It's been a long week. A lot of stuff. But a lot of stuff to do today, a lot of stuff to get into on State of Wrestling, and we're going to do just that. It's been, you know, doing the SiriusXM show, I was on Busted Open, I was on the Jamie Josta podcast, we did the interview with Mark Henry, a lot, a lot, a lot of strain on the vocal cords this week, which is, I'm sure, exactly what this voice was designed to do. But regardless, here we are, it's State of Wrestling, and uh, you know what we do, We we knock out. According to the last professional broadcaster, Sam Roberts, what are the top five stories this week in the world of professional wrestling? We count them down, and we start with number five. And number five is the Becky Lynch story. The Becky Lynch story that went through both Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, You know, this Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey story is being heavily shown on WWE TV. With a lot of buildup to WrestleMania. This makes me think as I watch this, I believe, and maybe I'm being optimistic, I believe that the WWE is really planning on a one on one match between Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. In the main event slot. It's the only reason. I mean think about the energy. That's being put into this Wrestlemania match. Even the Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar match. Does not have this kind of energy. Being put into it. And to me that's because they realize. Look this is a risk. This was probably not the original plan. But this is the best plan right now. We're going to go with it. But I think we're going to need to sell some people on it. Let's start this sell job. However two months out. What is it? All of February, all of March. We're going to go all the way from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, selling you on this match and why it's going to be the match you think it's going to be. I think this is the only option for them. I think that it was uh, pretty clear coming off of Survivor Series that Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey was the match that everybody wanted to see at Survivor Series. It was the match that should have main evented Survivor Series. Becky Lynch got injured, and since that time, this match is only more desired by the WWE fans. Um, The question about adding Charlotte to the match, right? Now, there have been a lot of uh, uh, interactions between Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Charlotte is certainly not out of this story. But I would remind you that there are two pay-per-views between now and WrestleMania. There's Elimination Chamber, and I think Fastlane is happening in March. So I would imagine that there will be some kind of Becky Lynch-Charlotte story within those two pay-per-views. If not at Elimination Chamber, then at Fastlane. Something that would determine whether or not Charlotte will have anything to do with this main event. But the fact that Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey as a story is already being uh, pushed by WWE. The fact that we're already getting teased with this idea that Becky Lynch is worried about Triple H and Stephanie McMahon taking away her WrestleMania match, you know, with this stuff of her not wanting to visit a doctor, that I don't think that they would tease us with the idea that we might not get this match if we weren't going to get this match. And I'll tell you why I don't think that Charlotte should be in this match. There's no doubt that Charlotte is, I guess the linchpin, if that's the right term, of the WWE women's division. When it comes to the women's division, Charlotte is the standard bearer. She's the one. That said, Charlotte is on the list with John Cena, with Roman Reigns, with Hulk Hogan, really the list of WWE superstars that will never have to worry about a lack of opportunity. We know, regardless of, oh, but it's the first time the women are main eventing WrestleMania. Understood. It's not going to be the last time women main event WrestleMania. It's certainly not going to be the last uh, big spot for a woman at WrestleMania. We know that Charlotte is going to get opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Let's be honest. There is absolutely no guarantee that Becky Lynch will ever have an opportunity this big again. Could you see, do you, one possibility is that Becky Lynch is a main star and maintains her stardom for years and years and years to come. Sure. But isn't there a possibility that Becky Lynch is allowed her moment and then kind of drifts back away? And the only reason I say that is because she wasn't supposed to have the moment to begin with. She wasn't the, the the picture that the WWE had painted for their women's division. A year ago, when Ronda Rousey had her first match, is when people started talking about Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Between then and now, something truly organic happened, which put Becky Lynch in the position where WWE fans wanted to see her get this big moment, and not Charlotte. Adding Charlotte to the match would give Charlotte an opportunity. But it would give Charlotte an opportunity that she is going to get over and over and over and over again. Charlotte will be able to have a big WrestleMania match for as long as she can stay healthy. As long as Charlotte is competing, you know she's not going to have any trouble getting a big time WrestleMania match. She got one last year. She got the crowning moment as the first when when they when they brought back the women's championship. She got that WrestleMania moment. She got the Oscar match at WrestleMania. She beat the undefeated streak, right? First women's champion after the Divas Movement. First woman to defeat Asuka, both at WrestleMania. While all that was going on, Becky Lynch was losing a battle royal at the WrestleMania pre-show last year. Losing a battle royal at the WrestleMania pre-show last year. She was an asterisk last year. Meaning, oh yeah, Becky Lynch was there too, technically. How many WrestleManias has Becky Lynch competed at? Well, technically, I guess she competed at last year but it was the kickoff show and it was a battle royal and she didn't come close to winning. This year, she's got the opportunity to main event. Will she have that same opportunity next year? I don't know. But to add Charlotte to this match dilutes the specialness of what Becky Lynch has built. To add Charlotte to this match makes it less special that Becky Lynch is there. And while it would be a feather in the cap of Charlotte. By the time she's done, her she's gonna look like a, her hat's gonna look like a peacock. She's gonna have so many feathers in it. How many feathers is Becky Lynch gonna have? That remains to be seen. We can't predict that, but we can predict what's gonna happen with Charlotte. And that's why I don't think Charlotte should be anywhere near, anywhere near this Becky Lynch Ronda Rousey match. In fact, I think we should tease it. I think she should get the opportunity since all she gets is opportunities. Why not give her another opportunity to get the match, uh, to to be put in the match? But I think she should lose that opportunity. I think it might be refreshing to see Charlotte finally lose an opportunity. And if Charlotte, let's be honest, isn't in the Ronda Rousey match, she's going to get another great match at WrestleMania. Put her in there with Asuka again. I think that's the match that people want to see anyway. Build Asuka, build Asuka, build Asuka. And have her, maybe even have Charlotte lose to Asuka this year at WrestleMania. Charlotte can afford the loss. Can Asuka afford another loss? Probably It'd be tough. Maybe not. Charlotte can afford the loss, and I, I think this is the way to go. Now, let's talk about the way the Becky Lynch story played out on Raw. Of course, on Raw, coming in with the bum knee, although I'm not sure which knee is hurt. You know, if you look at Royal Rumble and you look at Raw and you look at SmackDown, I don't know which one of Becky Lynch's knees is hurt. However, she says one of them's hurt. She don't want to go to the doctor. So Stephanie says either go to the doctor or we can't let you wrestle. She goes, I'm not going to the doctor. Becky Becky says, I'm not going to the doctor. Stephanie says, well, then you can't wrestle. Becky Lynch knocks her out. Now, realistically, if I'm Ronda Rousey watching that match or or that beatdown, Becky Lynch couldn't get to disarm her, the arm bar, onto Stephanie McMahon because she was too injured. If she can't put that move on Stephanie McMahon, I don't think she's in any shape to go to WrestleMania and fight Ronda Rousey. But I also don't understand why Becky Lynch wouldn't just go to the doctor. It's like, maybe the doctor's going to say that you can't wrestle at WrestleMania. But if the doctor doesn't say you can wrestle at WrestleMania, you can't wrestle at WrestleMania. The result is exactly the same. So I don't know where your wiggle room is. She knocked out Stephanie McMahon on Raw. She showed up on SmackDown through the audience. Triple H comes out. She smacks Triple H in the face. I thought both segments were really good. You know, I thought Stephanie and Becky were good together. I thought Charlotte was excellent. She's always excellent with Triple H and and Becky and the whole deal. I don't mind Becky fighting against authority, authority figures. But what I do mind is the idea that Becky Lynch is the new Stone Cold. You know why Becky Lynch is The New Stone Cold does not work for me? Because the whole thing that made Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin was there was nobody before. The one thing that truly made Stone Cold Steve Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin was he was not the next Hulk Hogan. He was not the parallel to The Undertaker. He was not the next Shawn Michaels. He was just Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was nobody to pair him with in that way. He was a phenomenon like we'd never seen before. That is the context that I wish that people would talk about Becky Lynch in. I get that the man t-shirt looks very similar to the Austin 316 t-shirt. I don't even have a problem with that. But what I hope is not happening, what I don't wanna see is Stephanie and Triple H becoming a rival to Becky Lynch just to harken back to the Vince McMahon Stone Cold days. Because I don't think Becky Lynch has the same energy as Stone Cold. You know, I think there's a a, a sort of almost, I don't want to say fun-loving, but there's almost a wink to Becky Lynch's cockiness that didn't exist for Stone Cold. Stone Cold was a miserable man with no feelings. Becky Lynch is somebody who likes to get you. She likes to get you. She gets off on that. She thinks that's fun. Stone Cold didn't think anything was fun. You know, they're different characters all Yes, they both rose to the top in a very, very organic way. But the Rises were very, very different, in my opinion. And I think if we really want Becky Lynch to have an energy that's like Stone Cold, we have to stop comparing her to Stone Cold. Because we didn't compare Stone Cold to anybody. So I don't think we should be comparing Becky Lynch to anybody. I don't mind if she wants to keep slapping Triple H in the face and knocking out Stephanie McMahon. I'll watch that. But I don't want it done for the sake of putting her on a, on a column next to Steve Austin. Because we should be crafting a whole new column just for Becky, uh, because it's really uh, amazing what she's done, regardless of what anybody before her, including Steve Austin did. And Stone Cold's the best of all time. He's the best person to be compared to. But in order to be in line, to be the best of all time, you can't be compared to anybody. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Bret the Hitman Hart, not the next anybody. Shawn Michaels, wrestler of the 90s, Heartbreak Kid, Mr. WrestleMania, not compared to anybody. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan. Even John Cena and Roman Reigns, really. I mean, some people you could say, well, Roman Reigns is the next John Cena, but only in the sense that he was the top guy. Totally different characters, energies, the whole thing. John Cena was compared to Hulk Hogan, but again, different energies, different the whole thing. I think in order to really be a a, the, a top superstar, you can't be sitting there um, hearkening back to anybody else. And I think that that's important for Becky Lynch. Let's go on to story number four. Story number four does tip the hat back to uh, WWE history, and story number four happened during the halftime of the Super Bowl, and that was halftime heat. Of course, the last time we saw halftime heat, uh, I want to say it was 1999. It was an empty arena match. The Rock versus Mankind with the WWE Championship on the line. The Rock ends up losing the match with the help of Mankind using a forklift to pin the Barama Bowl. Um, It was a concept that I, I, I think was really remembered fondly. I think it's a tough thing to do, You know, back then it was done on MTV because that's where Sunday Night Heat was on. And Sunday Night Heat had the 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. time slot. And they worked out a deal where they did a regular episode of Sunday Night Heat, but it was taped, obviously, and they did it in such a way that the minute the Super Bowl went to halftime, they would be able to jump on and show this empty arena match and it would be halftime heat. Um, It wasn't live. So it was a whole, it was a different deal. This year, they decide to take advantage of the technology that they have, the WWE Network, and all the assets that they have, specifically in the performance studio and the superstars of NXT, many of whom live in around, I was about to say in and around the performance center, but I'm almost positive. Although, that is the fantasy of wrestling fans, right? That's the reality show that I want to see. Ah, oh, the Undisputed Era and the Velveteen Dream, they all just live in the performance center, of course. It's WWE. I wish that they, like, back in the day... They probably would have told people that if this were still the early, if this was still 1992, when all those episodes of WWE superstars were on, they'd be like, well, of course. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, they share a room in the Performance Center. That's where they live. They're WWE superstars. Imagine if they had a Performance Center for Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon show. All, everybody, there'd be a good guy Performance Center and a bad guy Performance Center, and they'd all live there. The characters would just exist 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I want to believe that the NXT superstars live in the Performance Center, and I think that they should. But we went live from the Performance Center on the WWE Network as well as throughout WWE's social media. You have to believe that for these guys performing, this is one of the biggest televised audiences that they've ever had. I mean, they did such a good job of promoting it. I saw it on the top of Twitter. Um, all afternoon leading up to it, and the minute that halftime heat went on the air, if you were on Twitter, you could just click the video. You could watch it live on Twitter. You could watch it live on WWE's YouTube, on WWE's Facebook. You could, of course, I watched it on the WWE Network as I was doing my own show uh, on my YouTube channel, YouTube slash Not Sam. Um, and I thought it was it was exactly what it should have been. They, they, did, they had Vic Joseph and Shawn Michaels doing commentary. They did a great job. Vic Joseph is amazing. And it was great to see Shawn Michaels put that headset on. I mean, decades removed, I think, from the last time he did it. Um, but if anybody knows the story of these guys, it's Shawn Michaels. If anybody knows how to portray the superstars of NXT, it's Shawn Michaels. And there was no doubt that on one end, they wanted to sell people on this concept of halftime heat and look at the, look at the content that the WWE brand offers. But on another end, they went... Wait a minute, and I think I'm sure Shawn Michaels and Triple H had a lot of thought put into this. Um, Wait a second. This is an amazing opportunity to be a commercial for NXT. You have to imagine that there are far more people watching this show than watch NXT TV. Probably more people watching than watch TakeOver, only because it was shown way beyond just the WWE Network. Uh, Of course, it was a six-man tag. It was Gargano, Ciampa, and Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream, um, Ricochet, and uh, 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 Alistair Black. The Performance Center. I mean, for any of you that have seen the Performance Center before, it looked completely different. There's a video on the Performance Center YouTube channel where they go over everything that they did to the to the building itself. But man, did they turn the inside? They turned it inside out. It looked very similar to full sale and the way they usually have it set up i mean they they so the performance center has like something like i think 7 rings all laid out it's like this this really nice uh, warehouse kind of environment where there are 7 rings laid out and then there's a small sort of not like small but smaller than what they use on tv Curtain and ramp with lighting, like a lighting rig on it, so people can practice entrances and promos and whatnot. If you watch uh, Breaking Ground from 2015 on the WWE Network, the reality show, you can see the the entrance ramp where they do promo class and whatnot. Of course, there's the gym attached to it uh, under that Performance Center sign with the glass and everything. Um, but it's it's not. There's space to walk in everything, but they clearly moved everything out. They darkened everything. They put curtains up over everything. Uh, The ramp and the entranceway, that was not the practice entranceway. I figured that they would just make this easy. They would set up some chairs because, you know, they do do that. Like, they have people in the performance center put on matches for other wrestlers that are also in the performance center. Like, they'll bring, you know, folding chairs in and the other the superstars of NXT that are also in the Performance Center will sit down and watch exhibition matches between other NXT stars. Uh, In October, 2K did a big event at the Performance Center, and one of the things they did was they put on a couple of matches for everybody to watch. But they used the practice, quote-unquote, entranceway to come to the ring. They used the center ring to compete in, and they had about 30 chairs set up at ringside for us to watch. I thought it might be something similar to that, but the WWE is way smarter than me. They realized that because there's going to be so many eyes on this thing, let's not turn this into amateur hour. We're using the Performance Center because it's ours, and we don't have to put on a full live event that we're coordinating with the halftime show. We can just do it when we do it because it's our building. But they opened it up to, I think, friends and family for the most part uh, of people who are in and around the Performance Center and it, they made it look really, really similar to Full sale. They brought in a real entranceway and everything, and they, they the production value on it was just upped to the nines. So great. And then they allowed that six-man tag. See, when I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, it's good because you're not wasting a match that you could have take TakeOver on this halftime show. And you've got Gargano and Ciampa on the same team, But since it's a six-man tag and Adam Cole is on that team, it's not exactly the reunion of Ciampa and Gargano. So it's like, okay, it's interesting. And it follows up the brawl that happened at the end of TakeOver, but you're not showing your hand too much, if that makes sense. But what I didn't realize was that six-man tag was going to allow all six men to show off what they can do. Every man in that match had a couple of moments to really show the audience at home, this is who Tommaso Ciampa is. This is who the Velveteen Dream is. And I love the Velveteen Dream's commitment to what it was, coming out in the football pants with the jersey and everything. I mean, you know, I don't need to tell you, but this Velveteen Dream is just something incredible. Uh, You know, seeing, you know, there's the video of, Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alistair Black just walks through them silently. And, and then, you know, we get a couple moments in the match to see who Aleister Black is. If you had never seen NXT before, I feel like watching Halftime Heat is going to make you a fan. I didn't hear one negative thing about the show. I thought it was terrific. And I really think that you're going to make some new NXT fans with it. I think it's something that WWE should do every year. I don't know what the cost is, but... It seems like it's worth it, you know, for for the value that they got in return for it. It seems like a worthwhile endeavor to to do this thing. I thought it was just really really cool. Speaking of NXT, we move on to story number three, and that is the name change for Heavy Machinery. It was, I think, uh, really brought to light by Big E, who uh, he tweeted out photos of Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic of course, from the uh, 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 heavy machinery. And he said, welcome to the club, because on these photos of them on the main roster now, which, by the way, I think they've been doing really, really good. I think WWE is doing a really good job of showing who those characters are and why this isn't just sort of a, you know, you run the risk if you're just doing heavy machinery, right, and it's just a couple of big guys wearing trunks that look like road signs, you kind of run the risk of making them feel like WCW jobbers, right? But because you're showing those personalities, especially on on Otis, and really showing who this guy is and why the NXT fans fell in love with him and why, you know, stakes and weights and, and, and everything, you know, I, I think that they're doing a really good job of making this a team that fans are going to get behind. And, and I think right now, fans love a tag team. They love a a unit tag team, not a tag team that's two people brought together. But they love the idea of heavy machinery. They're a team. The revival, a team. You know, they don't they don't exist separate. They are like the Rockers, tag team specialists. There was something about that era, that 80s, ni- early 90s era of tag team wrestling, where nowadays it's almost like you see this tag team and the eventual goal is just to separate them or that, you know, they're both going to just go their separate ways at some point. But back then it was like, whether it was demolition or, I mean the rockers and the heart foundation, not the greatest examples in the world with Brett and Sean, but the rockers and the heart foundation, you know, you didn't, you didn't think of these teams, the Beverly brothers, you know, you didn't, the, 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 the Legion of doom, The purpose was not to break up these teams. The purpose was to have strong, the Bushwhackers, strong tag teams that were identifiable as an act. And I think that there is still a a huge appetite for that. And I think Heavy Machinery fits that bill pretty well. But their names, I guess, have been changed to Tucker and Otis. That's what it said on the WWE website. This is coming off of, uh, we either talked about it last week or the week before, Andrade Cien Almas becoming simply Andrade. Of course, Big E posted it because the name Langston was dropped a long time ago. Cesaro is no longer Antonio. He's just Cesaro. Um, you know, the list goes on and on of people who who dropped last name or, or one names that just wanted to go by a single name. And obviously that's a trend that's going on right now. I don't mind it. I mean, especially for heavy machinery. You know, if we're going to focus on the heavy machinery name, I think just Tucker and Otis, actually, that one works for me. Andrade Almas, I do wish that he had two names. Just, I don't know why. But I think that, you know, I I don't necessarily love just the Andrade name. But Tucker and Otis, I think, really works as just singular tag team. uh, Singular superstar names in this tag team. But I also don't get too wrapped up in it, you know. Some people really take it to heart. Some people get really, really upset about the whole thing and, and I just don't speaking of tag teams heavy rumor this week I guess this will be story number two story number one I think I'm just gonna load up heavy rumor this week uh, it was popping off before Raw on Monday and then it wasn't addressed but the internet was saying that the Hart Foundation may be going into the Hall of Fame that's Bret Hart Jim the Anvil Hart, and Jimmy Hart uh, I think that that would be a great way to get Jim the Anvil Hart in like look Jimmy Anvil Neidhart absolutely deserves to be in the WWE Hall of Fame, whether it's uh, his—the Hart Foundation run is certainly the most iconic run in the late 80s and early 90s. But then you go forward. He had that quick run in the still in the early 90s, but slightly later in the early 90s in the new foundation with Owen Hart. And then he had his—I want to say singles run because it wasn't exactly a tag team, but he had his run with Owen later when Owen was the king of hearts. And Jim the Anvil Nightheart came out to be his second. Even further along, when the Hart Foundation, really, who as a, as a faction doesn't get talked about enough, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Davey Boy Smith, Brian Pillman, and of course Jim the Anvil Nightheart, one of the top factions of the '90s in my opinion, if not of all time. I love the late '90s Hart Foundation faction, but. Uh, I think it gets a little over over complicated, especially because everybody in the late '90s Hart Foundation uh, has unfortunately left us. They're no longer uh, on the planet. So, uh, except for Bret Hart, obviously, Jimmy Hart is still with us. I think that the early '90s, late '80s Hart Foundation is probably the most iconic in terms of Jim the Anvil Nighthart's career. And you know, there is something to be said. If this is true, there is something to be said. It's kind of a bummer when somebody who's passed away goes into the Hall of Fame. You like them to at least be represented by somebody who you can look back to. The nostalgia factor of the Hall of Fame is huge for viewers, for fans. Like, it's all about the nostalgia. So the idea of seeing Bret Hart and Jimmy Hart together on stage might soften the blow of the fact that we're all bummed out that we lost Jim the Anvil Nightheart. I think that in order, because this, I in my opinion, if this does happen, it really is about Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Um, I think Natty should be the one to put the heart to induct the Heart Foundation in. and then I think I think Jimmy and Brett should accept for the foundation unless there's somebody better to induct the Hart Foundation and then Natalia is able to come out with Brett and Jimmy Hart. but um, I don't know which one is necessarily better than the other. But I think Natalia could do a hell of a job inducting. Well, either way, she's going to be able to do a hell of a speech. So uh, I'm all for, if this is true, I'd be all for the Hart Foundation of the early 90s going into the WWE Hall of Fame this year in New York City. I think it'd be cool. Let's go to story number one. Story number one is just AEW rumors. So this podcast comes out on Thursday, the, uh, what is it, the 7th? It was, yeah, Thursday the 7th is today. And there is an AEW event scheduled in Las Vegas to announce their next event. Now, All Elite Wrestling, of course, at the press conference announced uh, Cody and the Bucks and Adam Page. Uh, They announced Pac. They announced, uh, formerly known as Neville, they announced Jericho, uh, Janella, MJF, um, SoCal Uncensored. um, Since then, I want to say, I I believe, oh yeah, uh, Dr. Britt Baker? No. Yeah, Britt Baker was announced, right? I think so. I think she was the she was there. Um Brandy Rhodes of course. Uh then you go into who's been announced since then Davey Havoc was announced this week, uh, Jungle Boy, the son of Luke Perry announced. Uh there was rumors, I mean it was alluded to at a live event, but no official graphic has been posted that uh Pentagon, the, the Lucha Bros Phoenix and Pentagon have been added, which is that one is a big one. I said a long time ago, I really think WWE should be doing everything they can to get Pentagon and Phoenix into the WWE. I just think they'd be such an asset. Um, Especially as well as those Rey Mysterio-Andrade matches are going. If you could also throw in Pentagon and Phoenix, like you'd have a nice Lucha showing on WWE TV that uh, I think WWE uh, would really benefit from. But... Mm -mm. You look at it, and uh, uh, the rumors that have been spilling out about AEW this week. The first one, and we can go in order of do we buy it or don't we buy it. Of course, the conversation continues. Is Dean Ambrose leaving WWE for real, for real? And is he going to AEW? You know, based on what we saw on Raw, first of all, I don't know if he's got some kind of senioritis and it's really affecting him well, but Ambrose's performance on Raw, the last two weeks have been two of his best performances in years on the microphone. I mean, just like incredible. I don't know if he's laying it all out because he's only got however many weeks left or if something else is afoot. I don't know what's going on, but it's just really, really good stuff. The fact that he lost clean to EC3 makes me believe that, okay, maybe they're giving him some shine on the way out, but on the way out, he's going to be putting some people over. Unless they're building to something else. I really I really don't know. Um, But... Is he going to AEW? Possible. Dean Ambrose, on my list, gets a possible. The next one, Finn Balor. We got two coming from social media. Finn Balor, uh, over the past couple days, has posted pictures with Chris Jericho, has posted pictures with Pac, has posted uh, a, a few photos with AEW peeps, making people wonder, hmm, hmm. Is Finn Balor trying to tell us something? I think that Finn Balor is trying to tell us that he likes trolling people. Finn Balor has played his social media games for a long time. I don't see Finn Balor going anywhere. I think he just likes to get, I think Finn Balor likes to use his social media to get people all riled up. He, I think he thinks it's funny, and I think that's what he's doing here. So uh, uh, I love it. I hope he does it forever. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's WWE for keeps. Uh, the next one on social media, The Undertaker. The Undertaker removed uh, the uh, anything WWE-related from his Twitter and Instagram profiles. Now, I want to believe that The Undertaker's social media manager is the one that removed the WWE from his uh, Twitter and Instagram profiles. And the reason why I want to believe that is because the idea of the dead man picking up his phone and messing with Twitter and Instagram is a thought so tragic, unnerving, and character assassinating for me that I never want to believe that The Undertaker is doing that. So I'm gonna say his social media manager did it just so I can preserve uh, The Undertaker's essence. But he removed all WWE references from his Twitter and from his Instagram, and at this point, there's no obvious WrestleMania match in his future, right? Like, there's been no... John Cena hasn't brought up his loss to The Undertaker last year at WrestleMania. Nobody has this open beef. There's no obvious, I want to see that match with The Undertaker. I mean, there are matches that would be cool. be cool to see a Daniel Bryan Undertaker match. It'd be cool. There, there are matches that it would be cool to see. But there's nothing... You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to... If you want to give The Undertaker a win this year, you know, have him beat Dean Ambrose on his way out or something like that, but there's nothing specific that makes you go, The Undertaker's definitely wrestling at WrestleMania this year, especially because they appear to be putting a lot of energy into Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. Like, they're looking at those as big headline matches. So the question is, is The Undertaker all elite wrestling bound? And... Uh, That question is brought up as another rumor hits where AEW is saying, uh, I don't know if AEW is officially saying this or it's just leaked information. Leaked, quote unquote. That uh, there is a, a big time WWE superstar that has been made a huge offer to come to AEW. First and foremost, like let's have a lesson in contract law. No contracted WWE superstar has been made a giant offer to go to AEW. That would be illegal. That would be contract tampering. In 2019, nobody's doing that. Nobody's taking that risk. So I don't believe for a second that anybody has gotten an official big money offer. You know, just because why would AEW put themselves in such a stupid position this early in the game? But that's not to say that there is an interest and... In the wrestling business, what they say is information travels quickly. So, um, is The Undertaker that man? Took WWE out of his Twitter profile. He's open to bookings. There's an email that you can email to book him. Here's what I think. The Undertaker is ready to go on the, the autograph convention circuit. He's ready to make some money signing some photos for the fans, and that's what this is all about. He wants the world to know that he is allowed to do stuff that the WWE is not involved with so that he can make his money. But when I say stuff, I mean signings, conventions, maybe, you know, speaking events, things like that. I don't think that this is his way of reaching out and saying I'm ready to wrestle somewhere else. I can't for the life of me believe That at this point in The Undertaker's career, he would want to go to another company. I don't see what the upside for it would be in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how much money you would have to give The Undertaker at this point to do that. I mean, look, does he need the money? No. $10 million? Who's going to say no to that? But I don't think they're giving him $10 million for a match. And quite honestly, you know... If The Undertaker were to pop up in AEW, it would be interesting, I guess. But it would almost be sort of gross, you know what I mean? It'd be cheesy to know that AEW is going that far to get some buzz. Like, it certainly is not a move. If a company wants to prove that they are the alternative, they don't get The Undertaker to come in and do a match, you know? And it almost makes you look at The Undertaker like, oh, you're not... You're not supernatural. You're just a guy who went in it for the money. So I just don't, I don't see it working out for anybody if that were the case. Um, And I don't think it is the case. I also, you know, I would imagine The Undertaker will wrestle again in WWE. That's my guess. The last rumor is Randy Orton. Randy Orton is a name that's been tossed around as possibly being AEW bound. That's one I could see. I could see that happening with Randy Orton. You know, and I I think it could be interesting. You know, I like Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton is is amazing in the ring. I think he's a cool dude. You know, it is one of those things where Randy Orton is as long as he's been around, he started so young that he certainly, I mean, he's in amazing shape. He certainly has some years left in him. Maybe you know, venturing outside of the WWE for the first time in his adult life could add a refresher, a a refreshing coat of paint to Randy Orton. I don't know. Um, But I think it's interesting and I think it's something that uh, everybody's going to be looking at. I, I, I would say it's definitely far from definite and I also wouldn't be shocked to see, and I don't think it would be a mistake at all to see Randy Orton being a WWE lifer, you know? I think being a lifer is a respectable thing especially when you've got a career like somebody like Randy Orton has. There is nothing that makes you go, oh, Randy Orton should have left when this happened or when that happened. Like Randy Orton has become a legend in my opinion based on what he's done in WWE. And I think him being one of these WWE staples that showed up and never left, I think it's a cool thing. I think it's cool that that happened with The Undertaker. I think it's cool that that's the story with John Cena. I like that. I like that. I'm a traditionalist, and I don't do well with change. Maybe that's part of it, but I like that. Um, we're going to talk next week all about the Elimination Chamber that's coming up on Sunday. Thank you all for being a part of this. Don't forget to go to carolines.com. Get your tickets now to watch me mop the floor with Z-A-C-K-H, Zach Ryder, and Kurt Hawkins, the Major Brothers. It's a podcast war, and the beef gets squashed. Live at Caroline's on Broadway, February 27th, Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Be there or be square. Get your tickets at carolines.com. I'll see you there, and I'll see you next week right here on your very favorite show, Not Sam Wrestling. Toodaloo. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on
1: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling.